What's up, Dashie fam? Today we are sitting down with Jenna Rammel. Jenna is a businesswoman. She's a wife and mama to four. You could say she's a huge fan of intentional chaos. She's all about shedding the guilt and shame of the life lived for others and embracing the life lived for yourself. She is all about empowering women to love and believe in themselves and find the power that they already have in side. Ashley follows Jenna on Instagram. Jenna also has an essential oil company that Ashley is secretly very intrigued about. Jenna has powerful insights that impacted both me and Ashley on just shedding a life live for others. Again, I'll say that again, embracing a life live for yourself, how she's carrying that out, how she's doing it in her family, how it shows up in her business, how it shows up in her marriage, much more. So let's dive into our conversation with Jenna Rammel. To do this, I just you caught me in a bad time. My husband's been gone skiing for seven days in Canada, so I've just been kind of on my own. <laughs> so that sounds been, nice. I, yeah, and then I had like the eye thing and a cruise, and I, I literally just—I'm just emerging really from from <laughs> a situation at hand. So this is a good time. Thank you. Awesome. Well, we're still excited to talk to you. I've been—I don't know—I hate the word fan, but I've been a fan for a while. <laughs> Um, so so we're we're just really excited to share kind of like your point of view on our podcast and hopefully get it out to some of our viewers because it's just helped us. It's helped me honestly, just so much in my like journey of self-acceptance, if you will, and just being okay and making decisions for myself. So we thought it'd be a really fun podcast to share with our viewers. Oh, great. I'm so excited and honored to be on here. Thank you so much. No problem. Our pleasure. (laughs) Um, yeah. yeah. So Ashley, honestly, she's the one that's been following you for a long time on her Instagram. So <laughs> but like I, uh, I, I started reading because since I knew you were going to be on our podcast and like all the things that you're saying resonate with me so much as well. And Ashley has a bit of an outline here. Well, we had an outline, but then we, Dallin, I was like, Dallin, read up on her. Like you'll love her. She's so good. Yeah. And he was reading your webpage today and I've only ever really seen your Instagram and you have some like really great tidbits on your webpage that we kind of just wanted to forego our outline really quick and dive into that. <laughs> yeah. But first okay, off, cool. let's, um, let's just have you like introduce yourself, what you're all about and kind of how you, Oh, no worries. Uh, how you, uh, kind of got to the point that you're at today with like Instagram and a course you've made and oils and all that stuff. So just like for people who haven't heard of you. Let's just give it a little intro, some background. Okay. So hi, my name is Jenna Rammel. Um, I am a mom of four kids and ages 11 to one. Um, so we are a busy family and we, I started social media kind of back when it was in its early days, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, but really have been content creating and, and sharing online very um, regularly for the last six years. Um, so I started an Instagram called Jenna's Kitchen. I shared recipes, and that was mostly just it. But it's really evolved since then, and you will not find recipes <laughs> on Jenna's Kitchen. Um, <laughs> it still has like a homey feel, though. Yeah, I mean, the, the reason why I've kept it, like my team is always like, we need to change to Jenna Rammel. And, you know, maybe one day I'll do that. But I'm very attached to the name, and the way that I describe it now is that you're in my kitchen, we're eating guacamole and chips and we're just chatting and we're around my table. And that's kind of the feeling that I want people to feel, um, when they're in my space is that they're in my house and that they're my friend and we're just hanging out. So, um, that's kind of my intention behind it. And that's why I've kept the name. So now we share mostly, um, just my life, uh, what I've learned, um, kind of a lot of my, my own healing journey of, 
of accepting myself and, and really trying to inspire women to do that work too. And men, um, I love to hear that Dallin, it speaks to you too. Uh, we mostly have women on my page, but I really love when a husband reaches out to me and says that he, you know, he really is inspired and, and that's exciting to me too. So, um, yeah, so that's basically what we share now. And then really all facets of our business, um, are about healing. And so we also have an essential oil business, um, that has really taken off in the last five years. And that's where we share wellness and holistic tips. And we really try to get people to see that they have options and that they can be empowered in other ways. Um, not necessarily to ditch all the medicine in their cabinet, but, but so that they can have solutions at home, especially with small children, um, that they can have that peace of mind. So that is kind of a little bit what we do. I have to That's say, awesome. like, I've heard you, I mean, you know, you're in the essential oil business. There's so many pages and Ashley's pitches out there. Ashley's a closet oil enthusiast. And like, <laughs> you are the only one who's come at it for me from just like a place of this could help too. Like, you're not crazy and you're not a bad person for using other things, but there could be other things that help. And you are the only person who has like swayed me into, into thinking, oh, maybe this could be something good for my family versus... This is some I, crazy I feel thing that's going to cure cancer. For not using it or something, you know. So I really love your approach to wellness and health, where it's not so much like you're a villain if you do this stuff, but it's just kind of like, or if you don't use oils. Yeah, it's it's more yeah. of like an invitation to try out things that could be good. Yeah, I I am grateful that you said that because that's something that's really important to me. Like I just think the approach of you know, like guilt and shame and yeah, just like, you know, you are creating such problems for yourself and for your kids. I I just don't think moms need to really feel any kind of, or women in general, even if you don't have kids need to feel any more guilt than they already do. And so let's, we are all about, if you want to eliminate, great, but really what I want you to do is just add, I just want you to add more things into your life that give you healing, that give you peace, that give you health. And if along that process, you're starting to eliminate you know, dryer sheets or whatever, your detergent, like it, great, awesome. But I just want people to add good things into their life and not constantly feel like I've got to, I've got to do this different. I've got to take this away. I've got to stop eating this, you know? And I think that's, that's more my approach. Yeah. I love that. So I can kind of say how I found you. I had just, so I, it was, was it 2018? We had a baby in 2018 or we have two kids and I just had my second daughter in 18 we had had our second baby like 18 months after our first baby she was a surprise a miracle a blessing but like just a she threw us for a loop having another baby that soon the whole like postpartum journey was something I never expected to be like the mountain that it was for me um so I found you after we had our baby girl and I was just it was kind of right before you found out you were pregnant with Ruby so I had you through the whole like how, when you were going through the whole, I guess, like healing and growing and that whole process postpartum. And you just kind of like, I don't even know how to describe it. No one else has really talked about it the way you've talked about it and like normalized it in that way. I get kind of emotional thinking about it because like I was so emotional in that moment. And and you were kind of like the voice that I wanted in my head. Oh, that's so sweet. Thank you so much. That makes me cry too. Ah! I just kind of want to like 
you have a line on your page. Dallin can jump in and read it so I can like compose myself. <laughs> what line are you pointing to? I love you. You're so sweet. Uh, she is sweet. She's she's an angel. Um, is it the one that says, I'm a huge fan of intentional chaos? Um, no. Shedding of sh- I am uh, shedding the guilt and shame of the life lived for others and embracing the one lived for myself. Um, I know Power statement. It is. And it's so... <laughs> I think it's such a good statement for like a postpartum person, but also like Dallin just read it and he was like, oh my gosh, like that's my struggle. I was, I was talking to Ashley this morning. I was like, we moved from Colorado to Utah when I was in seventh grade and it's like a totally new environment for me. I'm this shy little chubby kid and wanting to like make friends. (laughs) And I learned, I think to make friends by basically living for other people or like, like kind of mirroring their sense of humor or mirroring that type of stuff. And I feel like that's how I've learned growing up to be accepted. And I feel like I'm just coming around now to what you said, um, shedding, shedding the guilt and shame of life lived for others and embracing one lived for myself, not feeling guilty about that. So from like two people who are kind of like trying to figure out how to articulate this like thought, (laughs) what, like to someone who has articulated it beautifully um, like what, what kind of has been Talk your, about your, your journey. journey in that? Where did it start? Was it with babies? Was it before babies? Was it with marriage? Like wh- where did you kind of start down this road of like self peace and self acceptance and like sh- building strength from within? Yeah. <laughs> um, I love Dawn what you said, because I used to consider myself that like that used to be something that I was really proud of is like, I'm a chameleon. I can be anyone for, you know, anyone and I can fit in any group and I can just mold myself and make myself into what other people want me to be so that I can feel accepted. And that used to be something that like, I was really proud of. I don't know if you were Dallin, like it just, it felt I got like a lot of friends. Yeah. I had a lot of friends. I had a lot of friends and everyone liked me or, you know, or I tried to get them to, you know, it was always kind of like, and, and it's so funny because now I am so relieved by the fact that I am not for everybody. That is a relief to me because no longer am I in that spiral or that exhaustion of trying to be different for every situation that I'm in, every relationship that I'm in. I get to just be me. And I know that the people in my life who love to be with just Jenna, they get her. And it's the best feeling in the world. So I would say, I think for me, honestly, it's, it it was, it was a lot of different parts, right? Like a lot of different things came together to where I realized, wow, this isn't working for me. Like the way I'm living my life is not working for me. And a lot of that was online. Mm -hmm. Um, I think just being so torn down by different comments or whatever. And I used to think how it would destroy me. And I thought, how can this destroy my peace so much? If I've built this trust with myself, I know who I am. Why is a stranger on the internet able to say something? And then I believe it. Yeah, that's, it's the same with us. Like it's never such a present issue for me until we all of a sudden have like this giant community, 99% of people who just love us for us. But every once in a while, there's this rude comment or mean comment and spiteful comment that like sticks out to me way more than the hundreds of super nice, positive, uplifting comments. And it becomes almost like a gag, like, like causing us not to speak or say things we want to say or show things we want to show because we're afraid of 
the one person who might take it the wrong way and and kind of like drag us through the coals for offending them or for not being their best friend or I don't even know it becomes something where you you can't even speak and it gets to the point it's where crazy. there's so much anxiety over the one hateful like comment. Ashley said it it becomes almost like a like, like you're gagged like you can't even say it say what you want to say because you're so afraid of potential backlash even though it's you're you're being so truthful when you say something or you're just being like innocently just speaking about your life or showing something that you love. Yeah. It becomes like this crazy spiral that I don't know. We're, we're kind of in it right now. We're so new to this. Our, our little platform, we have a family vlog and like an Instagram. We had, we had this one Costco video that blew up where we went to Costco and made some funny jokes. And we went from, you know, like our cousins and Dallin's grandma watching us to like, 500,000 people watching us all of a sudden and it's this great wow. blessing but it's this I don't we just weren't we didn't have like six years to grow into it or like <laughs> to grow a thick yeah. skin is that what you yeah. would you say your journey is similar is that kind of when you started posting more online that it became more of an issue or how, what, what is yours like I you know it's so funny because I just I was just talking with another blogger about this and I think I think everyone gets um comments they do. Um, but I think the more I've grown into myself, the more, the less I get, honestly. Um, people are so supportive as I've started to own who I am and I'm unapologetic about that. There's really not any room for you to criticize me. You can, but it won't get to me and it won't affect me. And so I, I just think that people know that. Yeah. That's and, a and positive so, place to be. Yeah. So I think, I think that's the biggest piece of advice I can give is just show up as who you are always and be okay with that. And I think for me, it was happening online, but it was also happening in my private life. Like I was living a life for other people. I was friends with people that I had to be different for. And that all came to a head and just came crashing down. And I thought if I can't be who I am and I'm online saying, be authentic, be yourself, be true to you. And I'm not really that person. Like that was a, that was a hard look for me to be, to, to really face and say, gosh, I've got to change. I, I'm not, I've got to change, but I've got to own who I am. Like really, really own who I am. Stay tuned for more Big Little Life with the Dashleys. talk a lot on your Instagram about taking back your life. I think that's kind of been, I mean, I'm just assuming from reading your content that that's been kind of the theme or the mission of like a personal goal you've made for yourself this year. Um, what, what are like, what have been your greatest steps or strategies? I almost feel like you say, like you type things out and you say like, I told my friend I just needed space or I made a boundary for Mm -hmm. myself and someone asked me to do something. And I said, I've made a boundary for myself that I don't want to overextend myself. And I feel like doing this would do that. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I would never say that. But the person in my head is like, what if you were brave enough to say that? Well, you know, it's funny because I think it's not what we're used to. We're not used to people saying no, or that doesn't work for me. And so our ego gets like flares up and our ego is like, Oh, like that girl's rude or, or that felt weird or, you know, and if we really look at every interaction that we have in our life, it's not about other people. It's about us and our choice to receive 
them in a certain way. And we're all walking around with our own experiences, our own trauma, our own vision of what people are like or what they should do. And if we understand that, then no one is responsible for our feedback or answers or interaction. And we aren't responsible for them. And so that interaction makes it a lot easier to say, oh, that doesn't work for me. You know, just the other day, I, I, and it is a practice, like a part of me, a part, a part of me. And sometimes still I get caught up and I say yes. And I'm like, ah, Jenna, you know, you know, you were not supposed to do that, but I did it anyway. And the other day someone emailed me and I'd raised some money, um, for a charity and just, and they said, they'd emailed me and said, thank you so much. We love you. Can we take you to lunch? And I just gave myself a second and I thought, I don't know. You can't, I don't have, it was so kind of them, right? Like that's such a kind thing to do. But I just think in this season of my life, grabbing lunch with people is really difficult for me. I have four little kids. I run a business. I have to be using my time wisely. And I just wrote them back and I said, thank you so much for being willing to do that. I really appreciate that gesture. It's just, it's not a great time for me to grab lunch, but I feel your gratitude and I am so thankful. And they wrote back and they're like, we're so understanding. Of course, let us send you something in the mail. And I'm like, okay, you know, (laughs) it was, you know, Brene Brown talks about this, like with, um, seeing a friend you haven't seen in a while and you see them and then you want to say, let's get, let's get lunch or let's get our kids together. But you don't really want to do that. So you're, so you say, it was so good to see you. Awkward pause, leave don't make plans and don't make interactions and don't make things in your schedule. You don't intend to keep or that you don't desire to do. There's too many people in your life. And and I feel in my life, and I'm sure you guys feel this way. There's too many people in our life that need us, that, that love our attention, that, that we really want to pour into. And we lose sight of them when we're busy trying to make everyone else like us. And that's just kind of, the short answer, the long, short answer. <laughs> yeah, no, that's so good. I feel like sometimes um, either we wear it as a badge of honor, like living life for other people, or we've heard other people be praised for like, they are, they always are thinking of other people. And we, do you, do you get that? You get what I'm trying to say? Like we've heard other people yeah. be praised for saying they're always they're always uh, like when you, you know, maybe it can t- be taken to unhealthy levels. Obviously, like serving other people is such you know, a beautiful you hear it thing, at funerals, but maybe it can be like, taken to oh, other this, levels. This woman never thought of herself and she was always giving and and like she would never sit down because she was so intent on serving anyone who needed her. And you think in your mind, she lived the perfect life. Like she must have been happy. And maybe she was, but. I mean, maybe she wasn't too. I don't know. Like I try and live that way and I feel like dying inside. I just think there's a balance. Yeah. And maybe maybe feel guilty uh, taking time for yourself sometimes when you shouldn't at all because then it helps you serve other people better even though it's less less time. Quantity over quality or quality over quantity. I don't know. Yeah, I think, I think it's hard because we know I on my... I make this, I I have been sharing my joy list and those are things I can do right now to access joy when I'm feeling upset or anxious or stressed and they're always free and serving others is always on the list. Yeah. It's always on the list. So we know that giving back to people and serving people, um, 
pours into us. We, we know that we felt that every time you've done something kind for, for anyone else. Um, but you know, even we, the saying of, we can't pour from an empty cup, it feels so much better to be serving for me in this season of my life. When I decide for myself, like this is something I want to make time for. It is a sacrifice in my day. I, it's not easy, but I really want to do this. And listening to myself and doing service in that way feels a lot better than I'm being taken advantage of, or I'm doing every single thing everyone asks me to do all the time. Yeah. Or I'll feel guilty if I don't do this. Totally. Just owning those decisions and saying, you know, if I say I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it so happily because that's my responsibility, not the other person's to decide whether or not I should be doing it. Uh You know, if I say I'm going to watch your kids, I'm going to do it so happy and we're going to have so much fun. If I can't watch your kids and it's going to be annoying to me, I'm going to say no. (laughs) Like, Like I can't, you know, and I think that's how I've decided to live now. And it's, it's freed up a lot of space for me. And it's not this kind of millennial, uh, you know, messaging of like, do you and only worry about you and only care about you. That's not what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to say that we have to listen to our intuition. We have to pause and we have to take time for ourselves and we can't live life for everybody else ever really. Yeah. I'm going to, I have a question for you. Just as, as we were talking about this, Dallin and I have been kind of trying to, I think, so we got married like young and in love and, and so happy, but we kind of got married living, at least for me. And Dallin's kind of talked to me about how he would do this too, where like if something came up or if I wanted something that I didn't think would make him happy, or if there was an issue that came up, I would always just kind of drop it because I didn't want him to become like disenchanted with me or for him to like kind of I guess that's the classic honeymoon phase right feel burdened kind of like by by my needs or by little things I wanted that maybe he didn't enjoy so much yeah how how have and now we're kind of like all always together and we're kind of struggling through this place where that phase is over where that just kind of like if we drop it it's fine and like no like it's just been dropped so many times now where things come up and it's bigger than it should be um, because we can't, we're having, we're just struggling, like navigating the space of like you do you and I do me, but also we do us and we're married and we work together and what boundaries do we set for each other and what expectations do we have for each other and like each other, like individually and each other as a marriage and each other as a family. What have Did you, you experienced that with your husband or have, have you, you talked to any people like, navigated who navigated that experience that in marriage? Oh my gosh, of course. I've been married 14 years and the last three years, Andrew and I have worked together full time. So we are together 24 hours a day. And so of course we run into like, you know, a lot of situations where, you know, we have to express our boundaries. And, you know, I think expectations are a silent killer in a marriage, in any relationship, that feeling of, you know, I just watched the breakup last week. I don't know if you've seen it. I've seen it a billion times, but I love when she says, I just want you to want to do the dishes. And and, oh, um, Jennifer Aniston and yeah, yeah. Vince Vaughn. And Vince Vaughn says, why would anyone want to do the dishes? (laughs) 
And so I, I was laughing because I think that's how I started out my marriage. You know, I wanted Andrew to see the problems and to see the needs and to just be there and, and, and kind of, but the fact of the matter is like women and men see the world so different. And now I just have to own and say, I, can you do the dishes? Now, if he's like, no, which he would never do, if you're in a relationship like that, that's of course another, you know, challenge in saying, well, I'm not, I'm not getting the things that I need. But I think for a lot of the years I said, I wasn't satisfied or I wasn't getting the things that I need. It's because I wasn't expressing it. Now, there are lots of times when I will express something and he'll say like, well, that's not the way that I see it. Here's how I see it. And we'll have to meet in the middle somewhere. It's not like I get to set my boundaries or my expectations and everyone falls in line. It's important that I listen to what he has to offer and what he wants to say. And we, we don't have expectations that aren't unsaid. Um, that's really good. We, we know where each other stands all the time. Do you guys do um, like a, much. a morning thing where you're like, this is what I need today. Do you have like or scheduled meet up? Like, Dallin like and I are like meetings? taking notes at this point. How does this get yeah, so yeah. busy that it's like, yeah. How do you make time yeah, for that? So we were like, we were like in therapy for six months when we first started working together because it was so insane and Jenna, we had moved from that's us now. that's where we are we are literally <laughs> yeah. you. we're like yeah, yeah. three years ago you guys it's gonna get better it's gonna get better and I totally love your transparency with it and your vulnerability and honesty with it it's gonna help your followers so much we essentially um, ask people onto this podcast who we feel like could give us a really great personal therapy <laughs> session well we, well we should do another podcast with Andrew because that would be really fun no to totally that'd be awesome his perspective of of everything but uh, we were in therapy like six months and I feel like at the end of the six months, really the, the, the answer was you need a Google calendar. Like that was literally it. Like it felt like all these problems were arising and exploding and he felt like his work was more important. And I felt like my work was more important. And he felt, you know, like he was so productive and I felt, you know, it was just like this back and forth and back and forth of like, who's doing what. And at the end of the day, it's like, we keep such a detailed calendar. He puts his stuff in. I put my stuff in. We put when we have a nanny in, like we know exactly when we have the support that we need to get the things done that we need to do. And I'm telling you, it has been the answer to most our problems. Um, That's really good. Because I can't micromanage him and take charge of his time. He has to do that and vice versa. So uh, yeah, I think, I think that kind of adage of like, I do you, you, you know, I do me and you do you, it sounds like super negative. Um, I'll have to think about how we can reframe that because we do work together in a partnership and we have a calendar and we do at the beginning of the day, just today, I said, Hey, just last night before we go to bed, I say, Hey, these are the things I have on my calendar tomorrow. I don't know if you saw this. So these are the holes I need help with. Um, the sitter's coming at this time. So I might need your help taking this child to dance. Um, and then it should be good. We should be good to go. And he's like, okay, that's great. I can totally do that. And we begin the next day and it's just been so much better. I think when we get behind on the kids schedules, when we get behind on the work schedule, when it's like we're chasing after our day, that's when the problems come. Yeah. I totally agree. Does that help? Yeah. <laughs> Does that help? I want to know, like you guys are in therapy for six months and, yes. and you reveal to your therapist, 
we figured out we just need a Google Calendar. Thank you. Goodbye. Yes. <laughs> well, he, okay. Was so, he I mean, just like, well, okay. More, obviously, there were more like problems than that. But really, a lot of it was this kind of underlying feeling of I felt like he wasn't productive and he wasn't doing enough. And he felt like I always overtook the day and did whatever I wanted. And I dictated the schedule. And like he was just kind of always not living up to my expectations. I mean, that was the core problem, right? Is that he always felt like he was in trouble and not doing enough. And I always felt like I was the queen bee. And Dallin's, I, like, I need to talk Dallin's to looking Andrew. at me right now being like, <laughs> this, this, this. This is like, this is exactly how I feel. Yes. So it took those months of saying, this is the way that I feel. And this is what's happening for me to understand. Like I cannot manage his time. We talk about the overarching things, what needs to be accomplished? What are his roles? What are my roles? And that's where trust comes in. That's where all the trust over the last 14 years of being married together comes in. And I have to trust that he is going to do that. And I can no longer be, and I wouldn't say we were in a codependent relationship by any means because Andrew is like not at all that way. He's. What do you mean by codependent? Uh, codependency is, is if you do this, then I'll be happy. Okay. Um, Andrew lives his life very much independently of other people. He does not rely on anyone else's actions to support his happiness. Of course, me being nice to him helps, you know, or right. like the kids behaving helps, but like he is very healthy in that way where he knows he owns his own life. I can't say that I've always been that way. That's been a journey for me. You know, I thought if he would just do this or do that or be this or be that, that I would be, I would access a level of happiness that I wasn't. And so it was, that was the journey in therapy that I really went on. And with all this healing we're talking about is that I'm in charge of me, no one else, no one else, Mm -hmm. no amount of bickering or harping or bossing around will make your partner be the person you want to be them to be ever. In fact, it will drive you the, then the opposite way in my experience. Yeah. I relate to you there more. Yeah. I didn't want to say that. We are, we're but, blends of, yeah. we're, I'm a mixture yeah. of both of you. Yeah. I just need to have a morning like call the, with you. I like the idea that it's not like you're broken or you're wrong. It's just that you need to heal. I think that's a really compassionate way of seeing it in yourself. And, and I think that's a way charge that, of your own happiness. that people don't usually see it in themselves. Like I know Dallin will kind of get discouraged and say like, maybe I'm just broken or wrong or like not right for you or something, you know, like, and I think it's better to, I like that. I believe in that idea that I, there's just healing that needs to happen to like love yourself more and to like believe in yourself more. Um, I kind of wanted to shift over to, you made a course called Another Try. Um, and you went through this, this very transparently on Instagram, like your postpartum journey and how you're, you wanted this journey with your last baby Ruby to be different and like how you treated yourself to be different than with your other babies so much so that like you dove in and even made a course to help other women kind of like follow that path. Um, I just kind of wanted to hear from you, like, Briefly, you don't have to go into like the dirty details of postpartum life, but just like briefly, 
like the comparison between like what you did with your first children versus what you've done postpartum with with your other children and how you've kind of come out in a better place because of it. <clears throat> yeah, I I'm so grateful for this experience of having this fourth baby. Um in this world I live in now, in this in this mentality I live in now because it's it was such a blessing to me. It was such a healing experience. It had all the same elements that postpartum has. I, you know, the hormones are there regardless of how evolved you feel spiritually. Uh-huh. Um, but I could access the good and the feelings of good so much quicker this time that it was so much healthier. It just didn't take me down in the way that the others have. And that of course didn't mean that I wasn't crying alone in my room or, you know, in the middle of the night, like it's just an exhausting emotional time. It was that I didn't then add a layer of shame onto it. Um, that's what I realized in writing this course. I felt like there isn't, you know, people spend all this time preparing for the baby to come and the cribs and the whatever and the things. And then, then you have the baby and everyone's like, good luck. You know? And it's like, what just happened to me? And we need so much more support for women in that time of their lives. I mean, it's just, we're sending them into the biggest shift I believe a woman can make, um, in her life. And we just say, good luck with that. And we will bring meals for a week and then you're on your own. And wow, postpartum, as you know, lasts much longer than that. So, um, that's why I was so passionate about creating this course and writing in my journal along this experience and, creating meditations, um, for women to, um, get them through. So the difference would be that I used to wear this badge of honor with my first kids. And it was that I was at Costco three weeks after a baby was born or that I left the hospital after 24 hours or that, um, I didn't ask for help or I never took naps. Um, those were things I was like really proud of, Mm -hmm. um, was like how independent and amazing and badass I was, I guess, for lack of a better word. And the truth of the matter is like this time with Ruby, I was like, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not doing anything. I'm in charge of this baby and me and my health. And I'm going to get the people in place and ask when people ask me how they can help me, I tell them, you know, I don't say, Oh, I'm good. I say, no, I need, I would really, it could really help me if you would take Quinn to skiing today or whatever it is, you know? And so I think just owning what it is that I actually needed and allowing the people in the village in my life to support me was the biggest difference that I felt. And I no longer wanted to be the strongest, most amazingly independent mom in the room. I I didn't care for that, that anymore. Yeah. So what is your badge of honor now? Like, what do you, what makes you proud of yourself? Oh, I love that question. That's a good question. Um, that I live intentionally that I don't allow every single thing in my life to sway me, um, that what I want to do and what I want to, what I want to be as a mom is what I've decided for me, what I want in my religion, what I want in my marriage, what I want with my kids. Those are all things in my friendships. The way that I live my life is a hundred percent intentional. And when it isn't, is when I feel the anxiety. That's when I feel the stress. That's when I feel the overwhelm. I really believe God gives us that feeling as a gift of discernment to see 
where it is that we're not aligned. And I think that's my badge of honor is that I, I really feel like I live true to me. I love that because it's not about, um, it's about what you're actually doing for yourself that honors yourself. It's not, it's not outward, like for uh, other people, what they think honor. Of it's for your own honor. So that's the true badge of honor. That's really good. Okay. I have another Wait, I wanted to ask, okay, you, you mentioned how you see your religion. I'm, I'm just really curious because, uh, we're both members of the same church. I'm really curious yeah. how that's changed. Or, or evolved over time. I guess we can give you some context. Like we've kind of been trying to live our whole life in a way that we thought our religion wanted us to live, or maybe the culture of our religion wanted us to live. And we're just trying really hard to discern right now. Like the difference between the gospel and the, and our, the culture of the church. I guess we've had these secret issues with our religion that we've been ashamed of. And I think as we've kind of really studied them out, we've learned that it's more issues with the culture than with the gospel or, or truth. And it's, it's just been this really weird and maybe even we try not to feel shame about it, but maybe shame, like saying no to things or, um, like being a little bit different or just, I don't know, like not trying to be just like everyone else in, in the sacrament room is or what you perceive they are? Uh, okay. So this is a, this is a really complicated question. Um, <laughs> I'm just thinking about, um, how to phrase this. So, yeah, so I am born and raised a member of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And that's something that, um, I've always known. And, uh, I think my parents are, we grew up in a very structured, strict, um, LDS household. However, at the same time, we lived internationally. My dad um, is heavily involved in the Islamic community in the Middle East. And so there was a lot of open-mindedness. So we grew up um, very uh, religious in our religion, however, very surrounded by a lot of people of different faiths. That's cool. And we're never taught that that was worse than us, um, you know, or whatever. Yeah. I remember as a child, people saying, you know, this is the only true church. And I remember feeling something inside that told me that wasn't true, that there was truth in all faith, um, in all people. And that how unfair of me to think that some people on the earth would never access full truth. Um, and I believe that God gives people truth any way he can get it to them. Um, and it's not always by the modality of my religion. And so I think growing up, I just started doing this thing where I would take some things and I would leave some things, you know, I'd be in church and I'd think mm, that's for me or that's not for me. And that's become a big phrase in my life. I ask myself the question, is this for me? You know, you get online and, and suddenly that, you know, whatever the pulse of the, the online world, you know, becomes a belief system for you. And that same thing goes for church, right? Like, so we have to ask ourselves the question, is this for me? Yeah. Um, if I really believe that God has made us so individual and our souls are wise and, and beyond anything that we can even imagine, um, do I think that there's a one size fits all for every soul on planet earth? No way. I, I just don't, I just cannot subscribe to that. And I think that will invite so many more people, not only in our faith, but other people, other faiths, um, if they don't feel like there is a mold and they have to fit it. Um, and so I think that's my journey with the churches that I'm very much still 
an active participant. Um, but it looks so differently on me than I ever thought it would. I, I often find myself, um, saying, Oh, does that matter to me? Or is that my childhood? (laughs) And I'll say, Oh, that really doesn't matter to me. You know, I, in fact, the, the experience I'm thinking is the other day, I, I um I don't know if I get, you might have to cut out the story because I'm gonna swear so I don't know what your audience is but okay I, they're grown ups. I walked in <laughs> I walked in and Quinn was my oldest 11 year old he was he, I heard the word bastard and I was like oh my gosh what are you watching and he goes oh I'm watching Stranger Things and he's watched all three seasons of Stranger Things and I would way prefer him it's a smart show it's a but you know it's interesting it is. I would way rather him spend his time there than on YouTube frying his brain and so I we don't have a problem with that whereas. And I said, I actually said, well, it swore. And he goes, no, it didn't. It said bastard. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. Okay, well, that's a swear word. But I told Andrew later, I'm like, I don't know what we're doing. But do I want my child going off into the world and using cuss words? No. But but do I want him to have discernment to know when we use words like that or when we don't? Sure, absolutely. And I think that the way we grew up in the church was to mask those things and to say like, they don't exist. And so then when we're, we're exposed to swearing or we're exposed to pornography or we're exposed to things in the world that, that don't elevate our level of, of learning, we don't know how to handle it. We don't know how to deal with it because it's so, you know, shocking. It's like a, yeah, it's like a yeah. rush. Exactly. So then you crave it. And it's, it's just like, I've just seen that in my own life. And so I think that that's kind of, you know, when we were growing up, we couldn't watch friends. We couldn't watch the Simpsons. We like, there were yes, always, that was, I remember in college yeah. calling my mom and being like, can I watch it now? Can I watch friends <laughs> yeah. now? I was way too good and clean, yeah. but yeah, I no. just thought it was a bad show. Yeah, I know. And you know, it's like you watch it now and you're like, oh my gosh, it's nothing compared to the garbage we have today. But uh-huh. But I think, you know, and I think my parents did the best they could and I love them and I respect them so much. I just want to do things differently for my kids. I want them to really have the free agency we speak of. Mm-hmm. You know, I really want them to not have the free agency in the in the bounds and the rules of which I set, but to really have it and to really know what makes them feel good in a elevated, joyful way, what brings them closer to God. And sometimes for our family, that's hiking in the mountains on Sunday. That's going, you know, and, and that's going out to eat after church so that I don't have to make the meal. And I own that and I'm okay with that. And that's the level of faith and the level of, you know, church that I want to be, be a part of. Uh Um, and that's, I mean, there's a lot more to it than that, but I really love that. I I think we're just carving our own way in it. And I think that the spirit will help you discern what really is truly from the gospel and what's might, might be a little bit more cultural. I had, I have a thought while you talk, or I had a thought while you were talking, you talk a lot about kind of being true to yourself and being intentional and, and doing things potentially a different way than, than how you were raised, um, of, of course, with love and respect to your parents, has it been like a hard, I don't know, or maybe just an uncomfortable road kind of putting it out there that, oh, we're just parenting different than how Andrew's parents parented him or how your parents parented you or, yeah. or your grandparents? How have you kind of navigated that, like choosing a different approach to parenting? Are you saying like with your parents like listening or watching? Oh, I mean, they observe things. Or reading your Instagram page? Yeah, reading your Instagram page or yeah. like watching your Instagram stories or just observing how you're doing things 
and recognizing that you're doing things differently? Like what's kind of been your strategy in approaching that topic? Um, yeah, I love that question. I, of course it's uncomfortable. Of course I want my parents to approve of everything I do. It's this cute, fun thing that like built into us. Yeah. You can be 34 years old and you're like, I wonder if my mom thinks I'm awesome. You know, it's, just, <laughs> yeah. it's just part of that, that, that makeup, that connection, that generational, you know, that's embedded with in us. That's, that's what we know that that ecosystem of, I need my mom. I love my mom. She's, you know, that whole thing. It's just, that doesn't end when you become an adult. And I think that's like a whole nother podcast, right? It's like right. navigating those parent relationships. Um, yeah, I think it's setting those boundaries and just being, again, this all goes back to everything we're talking about, religion, parenting, marriage, um, business relationships, everything we're talking about goes back to, if you are living your life true to who you are, you're honest with yourself, then other people's opinions of you are just that they're just opinions. And they can, they can have an effect on you and, and you can kind of see that, but then we have the choice to let them move through you. And of course I feel that way. Of course I feel like, oh gosh, I wonder what they think. And there's little comments said here and there of, um, this, that, or the other, um, that kind of, uh, they, they'll say things here and there that of course I'll think, oh, I know what they're thinking. You know, I know they think that we, yeah, exactly. you know, whatever we, we involve them in too many activities or we do this or we do that, or, or why aren't we at church or why are we here? Or why, what are we doing there? And I think the thing that we have to say to ourselves is just like, is this for us? Is this for me? Do we feel good about it? And if Andrew and I feel good about it, then there is nobody else that matters. There's no one else that matters. This is our family. These are our decisions. These are our choices. And stepping into that role, like your mom isn't there in the middle of the night cleaning up throw up. And your mom isn't there doing the homework every day. And you're, you know, you're the mom. And that's what you get to decide to do. The mom and the dad. And our kids really don't know the difference between a mom and a dad. We share the roles absolutely equally. And so if we are making the decisions and they're for our family and we feel good about them, then, then our parents don't really get to have a say. They don't get to have a say in that experience. Huh. Does that answer the question? Yeah. <laughs> I was it just does. thinking. I'm just, there's like so many She's things like, I want to ask are you. spinning in her head And right I don't now. know if I want to ask you on the podcast or not, <laughs> essentially. Oh yeah. I mean, you can edit me out. I'm being really honest. Like I don't it's think great. I've actually no, ever, I appreciate I this ever so much. about, I don't think I've ever talked about my faith I on a podcast or really in that way. I think it's very tricky for me because I want my, I don't want my parents to worry. I don't want my in-laws to be stressed. I, you know, I want mm-hmm. everyone to be happy. I'm a peacemaker by nature. So of course, stepping into my truth is difficult for me because it makes other people uncomfortable. Yeah. Like when, and I know that when we film or record for me, like the greatest stress isn't what a hundred thousand people will think of me. It's what will Dallin's mom think of me and what will my mom think of me? Like, those are the big things. Those are my biggest, like, can I say this and, and be okay with what they think of me or should I just not say it? So I guess I'm just like seeking bravery in those areas. I don't know. What? Yeah. I don't well, know. I don't know if this will make the podcast. Wait, Jenna's going to okay, compare go, some Jenna. wisdom. Oh, no. I, it's not that I have all the wisdom in the world. I just <laughs> I know what that's like to feel like, is my content going to offend or what are my fa- what's my family going to think? Um, 
And I just want to say that I honor that and I, and I understand and I hold space for you in that way, because it's a really difficult thing to be living your life online and knowing that everyone's going to hold an opinion about you. Um, but if it's good between you and God and Dallin, that those are the people that matter. Those, I mean, it's not that no one else matters. It's just that those are your core Mm -hmm. relationships and you have to trust the person that you are. If you were going to be a terrible person, you would be that person by now. If you were going to be selfish, you would be that person by now. If you were going to be whatever it is that you're so worried about coming across. And that's the thing that I've learned too. in a lot of my healing is that this thing that we're worried about, you're already there. You're already disappointing your family. You're already in that space because you're so worried about it. So you're already experiencing those feelings anyway. So Hmm. that's true. What would you, this is, this is like way off topic, but I get so like reclusive when I have a baby and I don't want anyone coming to the hospital. I don't want, except for like two people. And I feel bad that there's only like two people in my life who I would want in that space. And like, I don't want to visit anyone. I don't want anyone touching my baby. What do you say to people so that, I don't know, do you just not care if they think you're just like a crazy? Well, I talked totally about, we have a whole module in the course about guests and people because um, it's true. It can be a really tumultuous time and you can feel like you're living for everyone else. You know, everyone wants to come and hold the baby um, and that's not really helpful. So, um, you have to own your life. You have to own your own decisions. When you have a baby, you make it perfectly clear to Dallin what it is that you need or don't need so that he can be an advocate for you in that time. That's like, I defer to Andrew on literally everything when I have a baby because he has to be the voice for me because I am so, I mean, I don't want to say weak because you're literally a goddess. But I'm but, not like a normally a person to be like, nope. that's not okay with me. Or please, like, nope. I'm not a speaker upper. If just nope. how Dr. Seuss so would say it. if someone's like dropping by, like I would just go to my room. It's fine. Everyone's going to be fine. That's the thing. Everyone's going to be fine. Uh-huh. It's you that you have to worry about. And it's cool to know this because now we can really see other women and our friends and our sisters. We can see them in that time. And we can say, we can really show up for what they need and not what they think think not what we think they need. You know, it's like in our church, when someone is sick or whatever, it's like, we suddenly bring meals. Well, maybe they have very strong diet restrictions and meals aren't helpful. And like that whole thing that you just did isn't the best way to serve. So really getting in there and asking people and understanding what it is they need. That's what you need people to be doing. Yeah. And that's what you need to encourage them to do because not, there's just not a blanket statement way to help people. Mm-hmm. So I would just in that time, especially like I, I would text my friends and be like, I am not very responsive right now, but it really means a lot to me when you continue to reach out. That's that's and a really so like thoughtful thing to say. Mm-hmm. And they would definitely appreciate that and, and just know that and not and, and not leave them any space to take it personally. You know, just being right. real with them. Yeah. Right. Just say I'm really struggling. And, but it really means a lot to me when I get a text of something funny or when you tell me like, Hey, I can pick your kids up from school or, you know, whatever it is, like, just be like, just know I'm really struggling and it's not about you. I just, I really appreciate what you're doing to help me. I love that. 
I feel like I should pay you for this session. <laughs> oh my gosh. No oh way. Goodness. No way. Um, we want to be respectful of your time. We know you're busy. So we just kind of had one last kind of, we, we ask a lot of our, our parents who come on our podcast this question. Um, yeah. probably already answered it in a roundabout way. So you've been a mom for your oldest son is 11, 12. Yes. 11. Um, and you've, I'm sure learned a lot and developed a lot of really like core practices as far as your parenting mm-hmm. is concerned. Like what you, what you have now, what would you go back and tell, you know, like new mom, Jenna, when Quinn is born, like do this, like practice this or, or reach out to your kids in this way, or this is important. And this is just junk. Like, don't worry about it. Like what, what would be your like top three things? Oh my gosh. You probably have way more than three things. Wow. That's like really great question. Um, when the first thing I would tell myself to do is to listen, our kids, they, it makes me like so emotional because kids are so amazing. They are so wise and they, their same soul that rests in that two month body, that two year old that's throwing the tantrum, that five year old that's um, hitting their brother, that same soul is the soul that carries them through this earthly life. It will be the soul, the same soul they have when they're 70 years old. So we have to do better and we have to listen and we have to respect them. Even though they're children, we have to teach them and listen and be patient and be kind and understand that they're just not, they're not home in their bodies yet. And I think I forced so much with my little kids and my first couple kids. And I just wanted them to fit in this mold and do this thing and hit the milestones and blah, blah, blah. And that's not to say that we don't have boundaries for them. Um, Happiness would be letting them do whatever they wanted and have sugar all the time. But joy is giving them whole foods and letting them have ice cream occasionally and, you know, giving them a good bedtime. And that's joy. And I think that's the biggest thing that I, that, that I would do differently, um, that I've done differently as they've grown older is that allow them to be the people they are. Cause that doesn't just suddenly change. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, it doesn't, they don't suddenly become different people. They're always going to be that same person. They're just going to come home into it a little bit more. Those weak, those quote unquote weaknesses that they have, those, those are the, they're, that's their magic. You know, my second son is the most intense person and, and he wants to control everything around him. And I think one day how beautifully that's going to serve him. And I think focusing on that and how, when he finally matures into that, how beautifully that of a gift that's going to be, that makes me happy. That gives me a lot of joy in the really, really hard times of when he's like driving me insane. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I so that. I would say that you don't um, have to have three, but if there's two that yeah. come to mind, that's fine. But that was a really good one. I would say, um, to have, to ask for help. I think that's a big theme of this podcast. Yeah. Uh, you don't have to do it alone. And there's a village of women and men and families that, that it's su- such a delightful thing in my life to, have kids hop in my car because we're going to dinner and I take them to dinner with me. And, you know, I get to feed them. Like yesterday, this just happened. Like there were like eight kids in my car and we went to J dogs and 
it's such a joyful thing in my life to be in a village, to interact with my neighbors and my church friends and, and those that I don't know that I want to reach out to. And it's such a wonderful experience to be raising children with other people, um, to show our kids that they have other adults they can trust, that they, that can be in their life, that are supportive of them. And, and I think just, it's easy. It's really, really easy to get reclusive, even not just in the postpartum stage, but just in motherhood and in life and in fatherhood, because you're just so busy. Um, so making time for connections, I think that's really, really important. Yeah. yeah not just for yourself, but for your kids. Yeah, totally for everyone. Yeah. That's really good. Having a village. Yes. Okay. I could think of more, but no, I feel like Dallin and I are just sitting here like waiting for you to say more good things. (laughs) We're like, don't talk. She'll say more. Uh, It's been so, you know, we really appreciate this time, Jen. It's been really insightful for us. And I'm sure uh, speaking for all of the, the, the big little life audience of our podcast, they really appreciate this time so much. So where can like, uh, for people who want to go and and learn more about what you all, all, everything you have to offer and share all that you're sharing, where can they find you? You can find me mostly on Instagram. Jenna's Kitchen is the name. Cool. And JennaRamble.com, of course. And Is that where your course yeah, is? That's, yeah, that's where our course is. And that's where we share different information. And um, we're always kind of doing new things. And I have a really hard time putting together what it is that I do because I do everything that I love. And that's a lot of things. So You, you are just <laughs> we, Jenna. <laughs> we, I'm just Jenna, and, Jenna. We, and I just share my journey with everyone. So, and then yeah, if, so Jenna's kitchen, if anyone's interested in learning more about essential oils or Ashley or is. all of that, I know. Yes, Ashley, <laughs> we're going to get you going. We're going to turn this podcast off and going. talk to Jenna. I said she's a, or it's true. She is a closet oil enthusiast and just has oh not come gosh, out yet. Let's make you public. <laughs> let's, you out of the, let's get you out of the closet. I just feel sis. like I don't know enough to, to, I'm not a sales girl. I Sold pest oh. control for one summer, and I've like sworn never to do that again. Dude. Oh my gosh! And I know it's so well, different. I know it's so different. It's not selling people bug st- strategies. <laughs> pest control. Although I have pest control, and I need it. Works. So that's the thing. I know. That's the thing about it is like you know people need it. So um, we share on the daily essential co is my kind of like the oil community arm of my business and brand. Um, and that has a strong Instagram presence as well. So we share daily essential oil education and, um, yeah, the daily essential code is what's called. So you can find information on that there. Awesome. Well, Jenna, thank you so much for coming on. You guys, you are delightful and amazing and you are awesome and you're doing enough and you're gonna, you're gonna just thrive. I love it. You have, you're both very teachable people. I can feel that. So you're going to do great. Well, our talent isn't necessarily coming up with like the best ideas, but we like to find people who have really great ideas. And that's kind of what this podcast is. (laughs) Cool. Well, that's cool. I'm so excited to be on it. All righty. Well, we will hope, hopefully this isn't the last time. We'd love to have Andrew back another time and, and yeah, see more about the Yeah, let's do a couple therapy sessions. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll talk to you later, okay. Jenna. Thank you. Bye.